Hey, everybody, this is Pastor Luke McDonald, and this is the Good News in the Neighborhood podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. You're going to find two things in this feed in this season. You're going to find Sunday sermons from our church in Palatine, Illinois, and you're going to find an occasional little piece of content that is towards our initiative to try to help our church read the Bible more regularly. It's called Good With Our Bibles. We're trying to read the Bible regularly, and we're trying to interpret it accurately. And that's what you're going to find in this feed. We are a multi-ethnic Bible-teaching life-giving church. This is our little theme song that you're hearing in the background. And uh, it helps us, anything you do, rating the podcast, sharing it, all that stuff helps the word get out. We're not trying to build the name of a church. We're trying to build the name of Jesus in our little local community. And if you found this, I hope it's useful to you. Thank you. Let's listen now. I want to talk to you today. This is uh, a single message. And I want to talk to you today. Uh, tell the message is how to celebrate God's way. And I've come to uh, experience and believe that many Christians or people of faith are very bad celebrators. Uh, many of us who kind of find our way into relationship with Jesus or find ourselves in church, um, we tend to be, many of us, pretty good at the serious part. You know, like just a minute ago, I was blessed by the singing this morning. And there's that, you look around the room and there's this kind of look of intensity on many people's faces as they're singing to God. And... Uh, and church people are amazing at, like, helping when someone is in need or rallying around a difficult circumstance. But if, if I'm being honest, we're not, like, the, the best, often, we're not the best celebrators because we are aware of how broken the world is and we're aware of how many people there are out there that so desperately need Jesus. And we're, what I'm saying is that sometimes people of faith aren't always the most, they're not, like, always the best hang. Can I get, can I get a witness anywhere? Like, I, can I get a witness? A few places around the room. So Austin, maybe you can help me. Austin is back, by the way, from uh, being on tour with Hamilton. We're thrilled that he's here this morning. I'm sure that really encouraged him. He, uh, <laughs> we're thrilled that he's here uh, over Christmas. And uh, so maybe you can help me with this, Austin. Uh, if we really believe that that baby that we're thinking about at Christmas grew up to be a man who saved us from our sins and rose again on the third day, there should be like some enthusiasm and pep in our step, I think. Come on, maybe you can help me. Come on, Ryan. Yeah, Ryan, maybe you can just help me with the vocal here while you're with the keyboard. Just try that again. So if we really believe that Jesus is alive, there should be, it should be a little bit more like this, right? Okay, okay. But, uh, but too often the attitude of people who have faith is a little more like... <laughs> Get out of here. So, Perfect. I want to talk to you today from Ecclesiastes chapter 3. It's 13 verses, and I think it's going to be helpful to you. We want to learn to celebrate God's way. A lot of us are going to be in moments or situations or places of celebration with family and friends, and we want to do it the way that God would want us to do it. This is a passage that if you've been around church, maybe is familiar to you. I want to read it to you, and then I want to teach it to you step by step by step. For everything, there is a season. There's a time for every activity under heaven. There's a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to harvest, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to tear down and a time to build up. There's a time to cry and a time to laugh, a time to grieve and a time to dance, a time to scatter stones and a time to gather stones, a time to embrace and a time to turn away, a time to search and a time to quit searching, a time to keep and a time to throw away. There is a time to tear and a time to mend, a time to be quiet and a time to speak, amen, a time to love and a time to hate. A time for war and a time for peace. What do people really get for their hard work? I've seen the burden God has placed on us all 
Yet God has made everything beautiful for its own time. He has placed eternity in the human heart. But even so, people cannot see the whole scope of God's work from beginning to end. So I concluded that there is nothing better than to be happy and enjoy ourselves as long as we can. And people should eat and drink and enjoy the fruits of their labor, for these are gifts from God. Ecclesiastes, this book that this section is taken from in your Bible, is written uh, by Solomon, who the Bible describes as the richest and most powerful and, most importantly, wisest man who ever lived. So we think today that, you know, today we live in a fragmented world, but each group of the fragment has their, their gurus or their people that they really listen to, right? And so, like, if you heard that Oprah or Elon Musk or whoever your chosen person was had a reflection on life, you might pay attention to it if he was your chosen person. And so Solomon is not speaking in those verses that I just read to you as some kind of generic over here, random, who cares what they think kind of person. He is speaking from a place of experience because he lived a life where he saw everything that there was. And with money and power, he experienced pretty much everything that there was out there. And he came to this conclusion in this book that has found its way 3,000 years later into your Bible. And I think that it helps us learn how to celebrate. I have four things written down that might help you. It's first this, adapt to the reality of seasons, then celebrate. So as I'm reading those kind of little two-piece things, there's a time for this, a time for this, a time for this, a time for this. What is Solomon trying to say? He's trying to say that life is seasonal and life is cyclical, and we can enjoy things better and understand things better if we accept that life goes like that. We're experiencing it today, right? Weather goes in a, a cycle. There are seasons. And so when I'm standing here right now thinking about how cold it is outside, I can look out that window over there and imagine at July 4th when there's a giant carnival and there's like 20,000 people on this block sitting under the fireworks and it's like the best day of the whole year. And the only way you can learn to live, you know, we talked about this a little last week, us Midwesterners, we think of ourselves as being kind of tough because we can ooh, make it through the winter. The way that you do that is not because you enjoy right now, it's because you enjoy the other parts. Weather is obviously, we see it, is very cyclical. Uh, did you know that sleep is very cyclical? Did you know that physiologically your body is made to sleep more in the winter than it sleeps in the summer? So if you've been feeling all guilty, like I don't really like totally want to get out of bed in the pitch black at the time I'm supposed to, uh, lots of studies I read this week would say that on average people sleep in the winter 25 minutes a day or so more in the winter than they do in the summer. Okay, I see people looking at each other. I don't, yeah, I don't know what that means for your family or not, but I get it, yep. <laughs> Life is, is seasons. And it's interesting because technology that we live in so much of today aims to flatten the reality of seasons, doesn't it? So we can all be gathered here, and we're not really in this moment totally dealing with what's outside because technology has allowed us to be warm, praise God. But technology has this way, I'll... I'll give you some examples in a second. Technology aims to flatten the reality of seasons, and we will be better at celebrating, this is what Solomon is aiming towards, if we enjoy progress without requiring it. Here's what I mean. When was the last time you paused and thought how incredible it is that you can go to the store any time of year in this climate and get fresh fruit? Incredible, right? But like maybe you are more like that judgy person where you're like, the, the strawberries don't look as good in the middle of winter as they do in the summer. Maybe you're, oh, yeah. Why? It's because technology, it allows us to do things outside of seasons. 
Yet, sometimes that can push us into a mentality that things are supposed to be easy and fun and perfect all the time. What is Solomon saying here? He's like saying, so look, for everything there is a season, right? So there's the time to plant. Planting time is a lot of hard work. Harvest time is a lot of hard work, but it's really exciting. There's a time to cry. There's a time to laugh. He says over and over, he gives all these examples that are supposed to be telling us that not all of the time is time to be celebrating or joyful or excited or enthusiastic, but we must learn to live into the season that is in front of us, not fight against it. I wrote it down this way. Learning to navigate our not preferred season is a huge part of maturity in Christ. So learning to be like, um, I really like to encourage other people. Awesome. But sometimes that's not what they need. Sometimes they need to be challenged. I, I, really, love to, uh, I really love to serve and give my time to the church, but I'm not so interested in giving my money. Well, that's, that's great, great, awesome, awesome. But that may be not, that's not maybe what the time is for right now. Do you see what I'm aiming for? So we have to learn to embrace seasons because people who've gotten to the top will tell you that the same thing every day, even when it's a really good thing, eventually becomes boring too. Yeah. Uh, I'll never forget. I learned a lot about this the couple years that our family lived in California. I'll never forget uh, my 13-year-old. He's in the room at the moment. I'll never forget the day he came home from school, and he was going to an elementary school that was like a, I don't know, two miles maybe, mile and a half from the ocean. And uh, the weather's the same, 70 degrees and sunny every single day, you know, kind of thing. If it's like 68 and there's two clouds, everybody stays home is what it's like there. And I'll never forget the day that he came home, and he was like, Dad, you'll never believe it. People complain about the weather, too, here. Wow. <laughs> because when you get used to, like, total, utter perfection, any small divergence is something to complain about. I remember uh, I used to travel back and forth sometimes from Chicago, and I would go. Uh, I don't know if you ever experienced this. And I don't, we don't need to fight about it this morning. But I personally am a big fan of the In-N-Out Burger. Uh, it's I really like the In-N-Out Burger. They also write like John 3.16 under the cup. So you kind of feel like you're like doing something kind of Christian-y, which it's like if you're there and you're at Hobby Lobby, it's like, wow, you're so, you know, it's a very exciting thing to be part of. Um, but I remember like in my younger days, because uh, there's no In-N-Out Burger anywhere in the Midwest. And uh, I remember in my younger days when I would go to California, that'd be like the first stop off the plane is this place that we loved. And then when our family lived down the street, the lines were too long and it got a little boring and we never went there. So what am I saying? What am I saying? What am I saying? What am I saying? You're not here wasting your time. You're listening to God's word, and I'm hoping it's helping you. I think that was a yes. Yes. <laughs> then when I put more in energy into accepting the season I'm in, I can put less energy into trying to force a change with it. And whatever season God has placed you in, in your family, in your work, Spiritually, sometimes God feels so close, it feels like you could shake hands with him, and sometimes he feels so far away. Whatever season God is trusting you with, we're going to do better at celebrating and living life to the fullest if we put down the sense that I can just change it by force of will and more energy into saying, this is what God has trusted me with. Right now, I'm going to embrace and enjoy it. Uh, secondly, and I see this here in the text now as it moves through to the next section, when I learn to accept life's limits, I can celebrate. Do you see it in verse 9? Solomon, he gets to this kind of like overwhelmed spot. He says, what gain has the worker from his toil? 
It's a rhetorical question. He's saying self-evidently. So you work, 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 and then what? What what did it all amount to? Who's ever had the experience of having a job where one day you like looked, kind of stepped back and were like, what am I doing all this for? What is really happening? Who's ever had that experience before? Sure. Sure. He's says it then in verse 10, I've seen the business that God has given the children of man to be busy with. What's he saying? He's saying that as long as we perceive that life is supposed to get easier as we go, and as long as we perceive that if I just reach that goal, if I just climb that mountain, then I'm going to feel a fulfillment and happiness I don't feel now. It's going to keep being just out of my grasp and endlessly frustrating. If you pay attention to sports, you can find this everywhere. People that are like, I worked my whole life to hold that trophy in my hand. And then it was two weeks later, and I felt the same as I did before. Uh, Austin and I were just talking this week. Austin, uh, who I've known for a very long time, who was leading the music this morning, he's been working for years to develop his musicianship because he wanted to break into uh, professional, like, like professional ranks in theater. And he toured around the country for the last two years with the play Hamilton, and it was amazing. I went and saw him, and he's like the guy sitting in the front row making the little motions to the singers in this incredible production. It's this amazing thing. And he, he reached for this dream, and he worked really hard for this dream, and he accomplished this dream. And he and I were on a walk just down the street from here earlier this week where he said, but now I'm like, what? I'm, I'm playing songs that aren't the values I believe in to crowds that I don't get to talk to. And it wasn't like depressing or anything. He's just saying, I did this thing, and I realized like it was cool, it was fun, but... What does it really amount to in the end? And one of the things that we need to learn, friends, is that God has placed us here not for like never-ending bliss. So this is going to be tough to accept, but do you know that this is what Solomon's saying here? Life is supposed to be difficult and tiring and elusive. So if you feel like my life is kind of difficult and I'm kind of tuckered out this morning and it feels like I can't quite... That's not because you're doing something wrong. That's because there's more out there. Even those of us who have faith in Jesus Christ, which I do more than ever right this moment, know that it's not about what we get here on this earth. It's about faith now for what we believe is ahead. So don't think, I've seen so many people make so many bad choices because they thought, I'm just going to change my circumstances, then I'll be happy. It's not to say that sometimes we don't need to make changes, but I'm going to be honest. If you're miserable in that marriage or in that job, you're probably going to be miserable in a different marriage and in a different job. So we won't go around the room, but I'm guessing. I'm just going to throw out the idea that quite a few people could verify that that is true in their experience. It's hard because of sin and because Jesus hasn't returned yet and because we're not home yet and because this is the way it is. So there's this myth um, that many people are living into that Solomon's trying to point at here. The myth is that limits uh, reduce freedom and happiness. So many people are saying, how dare God tell me I shouldn't do this? How dare God tell me that's wrong? How dare the government tell me I shouldn't do this? How dare my parents tell me I shouldn't? How dare I? There's this idea that limits make me less happy. And I would tell you, in fact, that the reverse is true from my experience and from God's word, that limits create freedom and happiness. I spent years as a youth pastor around so many teenagers that were doing ever crazier things with their appearance and behavior 
begging an authority figure in their life to say, not that this, not that this. That when, we, when God gives us limits, it's not because he doesn't love us, it's because he really loves us. My dad always used to say, and it's true, that when God says don't, what he's really saying is don't hurt yourself. Limits gives you, so look, back to the text here. He says, so what is it from all this? Like, what is it all after all that? He says, I have seen the business that God has given to the children of man to be busy with. The reason why God gives us work to do, the reason why he gives us tasks to go forward, the reason why life is filled with all that stuff is because it is something to be busy with to help us learn how much we need him and accept him. Uh, come here, Brian, you're in. Come on. Come on, come here. So uh, I was thinking... Uh, Good to see you this morning. I was thinking, I was thinking you could. I, uh, I was thinking we could play a game together. Does that sound good? We're gonna play. So we're gonna play a game. Um, we're gonna play a game. Uh, you and me. And uh, you know what? I'm feeling generous. It's the Christmas season. So how about this? You go first. So why, why, uh, why does he have no idea what to do next? He doesn't know what the game is. He doesn't know what the rules are. And so how could he possibly go forward? Yet so many people are going through life in the same manner, aren't they? So many people are like, why am I so miserable? Why can't I figure it out? It's because God has given us this world primarily to show us how much we need him. He says, I've seen it all. I've done it all. So now it gets to the next part uh, now. So it says in verse 11, he's made everything beautiful in its time. I wonder what would happen to your Christmas this morning if you believed that over something that's really deep on your heart. That it might not be beautiful right now, but a good God is willing and desirous and able to make it beautiful in its time. It says also there, he has put eternity into man's heart. What does that mean? It means that no matter what a person is saying with their mouth, trust me, somewhere deep on the inside, they know that there's a God who made all this. God's put it deep down inside of our hearts, but we can't find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. We don't know why. We don't know why. And so many of us get struggled down with, why did God let that kid get sick but not that kid? Why did God let her mom get better but not mine? Why did God answer that prayer but not this prayer? The answer is we don't know. We don't know. This is why he kind of gets to the end now at verse 12. Do you see it? He says, put that scripture on the screen. I perceived that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. I perceived that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Uh, We can perceive God's purposes, and that allows us to celebrate. There is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Do you ever get around, uh, have you ever been around one of those people who kind of like their deal is they always know how to tell you why you shouldn't be happy about like whatever it is you're happy about? Do you ever get around, do you ever get around one of these people who like they kind of feel like their like mission from God is to cut your enthusiasm down to size? It's like, I don't know, guys, cool news. The government's like mailing checks. Oh, but you just wait till you see what happens with that money the government spends. Well, I don't know. Right now I'm holding this money and I'm feeling happy. Did you really have to just like, I get it. I know, I know, I know. 
Oh, it's so excited. I'm so excited. Oh, I'm so excited. I'm so excited. My, oh, I'm so excited. My seventh grader, my seventh grader. Oh, it's so exciting. My seventh grader got an A on a history test. Yeah, but you know, you know, anymore in schools, you know, they really don't. It's really not that, you know, it's just easy to get out. They're just trying to, do you ever get around those people who kind of can always, yeah, don't tell them about this uh, church. If you could help me in that way. We, <laughs> people tend to think that understanding what's wrong is the highest. But I would argue that the highest place to get to in living your life is to see like, clearly what's wrong and to get all the way over top of that to God is good and I'm here and we're with these people right now. And man, it was cool seeing those kids sing this morning. And we can choose to be joyful anyway. This idea that joy or enthusiasm is only from ignorance. That's what the elites of the world out there want you to think. That it's the ignorant people that are happy and the really knowledgeable people are just like looking at their phones like miserable all the time. See, no, do you see what he says? He says, so this is Solomon again, remember. Solomon was the wisest, the richest, and the most powerful person on planet Earth. So I mean, not to be like weird, he had had, he had billions of dollars, thousands of sexual partners, he had never wanted for anything in his life. He had tasted everything there was to eat. He had gone, he had all of it. And he said, honestly, at the end of it all, like the best it gets, be joyful and do good as long as you live. This verse and this concept is how we got to this idea that we're really focused in the church here on local. And the reason why we're focused on local is there is so much bad news everywhere all the time. And the best thing that we can do is to try our best to make things better on our little patch of ground. The best thing we can do is try to take care of the people struggling on our street, the people struggling at our school, the people struggling in our families. The best that we can do is to try to lean into something we can actually make a difference about, not just kind of endlessly know about all kinds of stuff and do nothing with it. What I'm trying to say is that knowledge is not always better than ignorance. This might be a tough pill to swallow in the 2020s, but sometimes deciding, I'm not going to look over there. I'm not going to look over there because I can't do anything about it, and it's just going to make me angry, and I can't influence it, and it's not directly affecting me right now. So what I'm going to do is there's these people right in front of me, and I'm going to do my very best to make a difference right here, and I'm just not going to look over there. Sometimes you just have to decide that in the right way in the right time about certain things. I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live. Last verse. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take, I love it, pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. God's gift to man is to delight in simple things and then to celebrate. So, he says, I perceive that there is nothing better for them than to be joyful, to do good as long as they live, also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. So you can be at that party. Hello, Braxton. Don't worry, nobody saw you. You can be at that party, enjoying that food and enjoying that drink in your hand, laughing and smiling and telling stories and just filled to the brim 
And that is not some other thing that is separate from your faith in Jesus Christ. That delighting in the things that God has made, delighting in the simple joys and things that he has given us, is worship to him. Do you see it? That genuine enjoyment of the people and stuff God has made is true worship to him. And this is why many people of faith struggle to celebrate well. Is we tend to think that like the part when he's reading the Bible and the part where we're singing, that's the part that God cares about. And the part where we're like eating cookies in the basement or listening to the kids play the kazoos, that's kind of just like some extra thing that you have to do to like get people in the door. No, 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 no. The wisest person who God ever put on this planet said that at the end of it, you should eat and drink and take pleasure in all your toil. This is God's gift to man. That word there, toil, is the idea of a monotonous, difficult work. I'm thinking of, uh, especially at the early service here, we, we have a lot of uh, moms with young children. And uh, being a mom of young children is nothing if it's not toil. Am I telling the truth? Please tell Kristen I said this, by the way. The, uh, it's the same thing, cleaning that same table again, making that same meal again, going through the bedtime routine again. It's that over and over and over and over. And God says, if you can look at that and say, when I do this toil, that when I go to that job that I don't enjoy, when I answer all those phone calls or emails again, even though I don't really feel like it, if I can tell myself I'm honoring God by doing it, he receives it as worship to him. I, uh, I was like, uh, back, in, back in my day, I was, a, I was like a decent, I was like a decent singer. I, can like, I was like a decent singer. Uh, but often I'll be in a room like this in church or something and watch someone playing or watch someone singing and kind of have that like, man, I'd like to have that gift. I had like people like to sing along with me like a voice, but some people have that voice where you're like, man, I just love listening to this person sing. Uh, and I kind of like in my like fantasy land in my mind would have loved to be one of those people that had one of those like and maybe you have that too, or maybe you're just like, what on earth is he talking about? Is it almost over? What's going on in the World Cup game? Yeah, I get it, but we uh, don't see that a willingness to do something that God has entrusted to me that I don't really enjoy is that amazing singing voice that draws attention in the heavenly realm that we can't see. That getting up today and figuring out how to get over here, whatever the challenges were that were in the way of getting here, God sees and knows it all. And we want so bad to like have something amazing happen. I finally, I could finally afford that car. I finally got my kids through school. I finally got, uh, the, my 401k finally has numbers in it that I've been waiting for for a long time. We're so often thinking about this thing out here that we're like, you know, that we're reaching for, that we're reaching for, that we're reaching for. And then it makes us kind of unhappy because it feels like life is like, I'm just kind of biding my time while I'm trying to reach that goal out there. Yet, what Solomon says here is that the joy, the celebration of life, is not in the thing that we finally reach. It's in noticing all the good stuff happening around us right now, even the little stuff. Like, I'll be honest, when I woke up this morning, the first thought in my mind was, I really hope, I really, really, really hope that the boiler's working and it's going to be warm in the church building this morning. 
it feels like 50-50 all the time in an old building like this, you know, and you know that it'll inevitably go out on like the coldest day. And this isn't like a roundabout way to ask you to give more in the offering, although if the Spirit leads, <laughs> if the Spirit leads, we're not going to stop you. But, and I walked in, and I've been, I'm really trying to work on this in my own life, so maybe you can join me. And I thought, Lord, thank you that we got all these kids coming and people coming to watch the kids sing. Thank you that it's warm enough to have church today. And there's this thing about, like, uh, we eat on the go and throw food in our mouths and on to the next thing and don't enjoy it. And you're going to be around some people this week at Christmas, maybe even some people that kind of drive you nuts, if you're being honest. You're going to be around people that you don't know how many more Christmases that you have to be around them. And you're going to be around, thank the Lord that we're not sick this year. And I pray over every person here that this will be the Christmas that finally no one in your family has COVID. And we so often don't pay attention to the little good stuff that God puts around us and then don't see or understand why we tend to be so frustrated. Uh, I wrote down three things that help with that. Just right from what he says here, also that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. What is that gift? Well, you can see it here. People first, people first, and people primarily. There is something in learning to enjoy the people that God has placed around you that turns up your enthusiasm for everything else that you're trying to face in life. One. Uh, two, you see it here. That's that idea of toil. The process that God is putting you through right now, learning to accept it and enjoy it, is how you can learn to be a person of celebration. I noticed this... Uh, I love, uh, it's not the time for it right now, but I love the Olympics. I don't know if you love the Olympics, but I love the Olympics. I love like when you see the people swimming or you see the people running or like even like the weird events that you can't even like figure out the rules and then they're eventually done. You're like, what would make a whole pers like, person want to spend their whole life trying to become a bobsledder or whatever? But inevitably, whenever they interview these people or you talk to them, you hear them talk to the Olympic athletes, what you find is that the only way you can rise to that level is if you love the process of getting there. Because it's like every day, 10 hours a day for your whole life, and then the race is over in like 20 seconds, and then that's it. And so you can't, it doesn't, you can't do that if it's all about the thing that you're going towards. It has to be about the place that you are right now and just live in that day. Live in that day. This is whatever. Today is December the 18th, 2022. Whatever the process is for you of living this day to the glory of God, learning to notice and celebrate the good stuff that is part of it is part of how we worship him. And then the last thing, I love this part. You can't miss it in this, like, eat, drink, take pleasure. We would do better, all of us, to, uh, to spend a little more time enjoying parties. Just be careful, be careful, be careful. <laughs> Obviously, sin is always sin, of course. But that, like, places that we find ourselves that are for the purpose of just enjoying each other and enjoying what God has made, like I said a minute ago, is not sort of like he allows us some time wasting so that we can get back over to the stuff that really matters. They're paying attention, and that's what the scripture says. And so I wonder, we're uh, almost done. The guys are going to play us out in just a minute. But I wonder, uh, as you bow your head, as you bow your head now, I want to pray for you in just a second. Whatever celebration you're going to find yourself in over the coming days, maybe you've got people coming to your house that you can't wait, Maybe this is one of those like bittersweet Christmas times where you're going to be celebrating on the outside because you're supposed to, but on the inside, like it doesn't really feel like an exciting time. Maybe you're uh, because 
maybe because you're struggling financially or maybe because there's relational tension in your life or maybe because there's some things coming in 2023 you're not looking forward to. Maybe you don't have celebration like kind of on your radar or something you're aiming for. And I just, uh, I want to pray in a second for each of us. I want to pray that God would give us the grace for this time that is allotted at the end of this year to see the time with whatever it is for you. I'm sure we could all make a list of all the ways we wish it would be different. That God would give us the gift of delighting in the celebrations of Christmas ahead. Not being focused on the stuff that we wish was different, but being focused on the good stuff he's placed in front of you. That's what I want to pray for now. Would you bow your head with me? You can even, if you want to, open your hands if this is something that you need to receive today. And so, Lord, I'm comforted now as uh, I look out at a lot of people that I have affection for and love, that you know the specifics of each person's circumstance. You know everything that's in front of them and finishing out this year ahead. And you know it better than they could articulate it. You know it perfectly. And yet somehow in your word, you've called us to this idea that whether it feels good or not, to celebrate the people around us and the things that you have made is to honor you. And I want to just ask that you would bring a wave of joy and enthusiasm over every house represented in this room and every house represented in this church. That our homes would be places of peace, that all the little cold wars of relational fighting that lasted too long could just maybe melt, that, uh, that the concerns that are on our mind in various ways, Lord, that you would just give us not an ignorance of like, I'm just, I don't know, so who cares? But an ability to say, even with the stuff that's difficult, you've still been good to me, and so I'm gonna celebrate, and I'm gonna enjoy my life, and I'm not gonna wait till everything is perfect. I'm just gonna give it everything I got right now. I want to pray that there would be so much honoring to you celebration in the weeks ahead represented by all the people here. And I want to pray it in Jesus' name. All around the room, if you agree, say amen. This has been the Good News Neighborhood Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you've enjoyed the song. I hope it's been helpful to you. We'll see you again soon. This is Good News.